time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. What Joseph and Chris present to you. Saturday morning cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday morning cartoon boom. This is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Totally Spies! Exclamation point. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that. I think you have to read it with that inflection. I, that's the only way. Yeah. Like, Totally Spies. Yeah. No. Yep. Totally Spies. Nailed it. So who suggested this to us? This was suggested by Funny Sexy Cosplay on Instagram. I suggest Interesting. only checking them out if you're 18 or older. I remember them for appreciating me dressed as Spider-Man. That is true. Yeah, she, she I think it's a she. She did like you as Spider-Man. Who I'll knows? That. Yes. I'll take either. Yeah. Yeah. So Totally Spies, exclamation point, aired from 2001 to 2014 Created by Vincent Chalvon de Mercy and David Mitchell. This originated in France and Canada, produced by Marathon Media Group and Image Entertainment Corporation for seasons three through five. It ran for six seasons, 156 episodes, and on a bunch of different networks, so bear with me for a second. TF1, Teletoon, Fox Kids, Jetix, Cartoon Network, and Super RTL. A lot of these networks are probably... Well, I know a lot of these networks are Canadian and French, so that's why they sound weird and we've never heard of them. And for a short synopsis, Totally Spies is a fast-paced, high-energy, half-hour action comedy show starring Clover, Alex, and Sam, three Beverly Hill teens who unwittingly become international secret agents. That's the thing. Did we get an origin story at all? It seems like they just kind of jumped us in. We did not get an origin story. I wonder if there's an episode that gives you an origin. Yeah, maybe they do like a a prequel episode at some point. Right, like memories or flashbacks or something. Because we didn't get to see them unwittingly become spies, as the description tells us. Yeah, exactly. So I can't can't validate that portion of it, but they are secret agents. That much is true. I can say that. Totally. So, so Chris, who are some of the actresses or actors who played in this? All right. So the voices of both Sam and Mandy were done by Jennifer Hale, who has had so many voiceover roles in television and in gaming. Um, One of her most notable voices is Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. Um, And I think we've mentioned her on this show before, but I could be wrong. Um, In fact, in 2013, she was named the most prolific video game voice actor by the Guinness Book of World Records. Dang. The voice of Clover was Andrea Baker. The voice of Alex was Katie Lay for a while. And then it was taken over by Katie Griffin, who was the voice of Sailor Mars from the Sailor Moon show. And then the voice of Jerry was originally Jess Harnell who was the voice of Wacko Warner and Crash Bandicoot before it was taken over by Adrian Truss, who is actually a British guy. But at first it was false British. And now it's real British. Or was. Gotcha. Yeah. Totally. Totally. For a few tasty marshmallows over a big bowl of Totally Spy cereal, WHOOP, the secret organization that the girls work for, stands for World Organization of Human Protection. Whoop. Or just whoop. Or something that, like, yeah, teenage girls say when they're really excited, maybe. I feel Maybe. like that's where they're going I, yeah. with it. I, I guess so. Whoop. 
I don't know if teenage <laughs> girls actually do that. I'm assuming I they do. I, I mean, based off this, I have to believe that. Yeah. Not being a teenage girl, I don't know. Uh, secondly, the show's conception came from the rise of girl band and female singers in the music industry at the time. Wanting to capitalize on the niche, uh, David Mitchell and Vincent Chalvon Demersay put their ideas into development, which later shifted into production within a year. So this had a purpose, and I guess it succeeded at achieving that because it was pretty popular. Yeah, it really apparently. was, honestly. Yeah. And so much so that... Uh, well, because at first it was trying to be something else. At first, the plan was to eventually create an entire album and establish and promote Totally Spies as a real band. Oh, really? But they went a completely different direction with that and pretty much dropped the band portion. We see, like, kind of a nod to it, I guess, in one of the episodes. Oh, but yeah, you're right. But then we see that, like, they are not talented musicians at all, so that's kind of an inside <laughs> joke. That's true. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and really the, the audience was split 50-50, like 50% boys, 50% girls audience ratio, and Screen Rant listed it as among his top 10 girl cartoons that guys secretly love. I'm not gonna knock it. Surprisingly, again, this show spawned a movie, three video games, some comic books, and a spinoff series, The Amazing Spies. What? I didn't know any of that. Holy cow. Yeah. Did I really just say cow? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. So there's another series of this. It's like a, a family of a few siblings or four siblings, oh, I think, together. Okay. But the, the spies from this series do make appearances. Okay, but the, are they not like the main characters, but they do show up? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And a movie and comics? Man, that was a lot more than I thought. Yeah, three video games. Three video games. And just to, to tail off of that... I had never heard of this show, period. Like, I didn't know it existed until it was brought up for this. I may have watched it. <laughs> uh, How much did you watch it? I, I, I saw a few episodes here and there. I mean, I didn't watch it religiously, but, but I've definitely watched it. And I remember thinking it was kind of funny, but I didn't remember anything else about it, honestly. It seems like for the long runtime that it had and six total seasons that I would have heard of it somewhere... Or maybe run across it on Cartoon Network, but somehow I just avoided it entirely. Not intentionally, it just happened that I never saw this. Shame. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into three episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course we have to start with the very first episode being... A Thing for Musicians, Season 1, Episode 1, where the spies go undercover as the opening band on overnight pop sensation Ricky Mathis's world tour in order to investigate what's making his fans act so strange. Oh, so this is the, it was the first episode that had the fake band thing. So I wonder if they changed gears after this episode or if they had already decided not to pursue the band thing, but kept this in just for laughs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had already decided to change from the band thing. And this was kind of a, a nod to what would have been or almost was. Oh, okay. The first thing I want to point out is I love the animation style of this show. Well, it's very the, anime. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still like kind of, I mean, I want to say Americanized, but this was like French, wasn't it? I mean, it's yeah, France French and, Canadian. and Canada. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's got a lot of that anime style to it in the expressions and the like really over the top like reaction animation and stuff. Right. It's kind of like a... Um, 
you know, Legend of Korra and Avatar stuff like that. It's a it's a mix between Western each Eastern not not necessarily Eastern culture, but Eastern animation style and some of the like you say expressions, but still very Western jokes and uh, dialogue. Yeah, and I wouldn't have really thought of that if we hadn't done um, the Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Um, but yeah, I really like that animation style where it kind of blends both, and uh, and this did it really well. I mean. It, I think it had a lot more of that anime style to it than like Avatar or Korra, but they did it really, really well, and I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any gripes about the uh, the animation style at all. That worked with uh, with what it had, and I think that you know it it actually benefited from using that style versus a regular you know, cartoon style. Right. And it was very fast paced, which was cool too. Um, there wasn't a lot of moments where it felt like it was dragging on. It was constant like jokes or action or something just, um, very well paced. I think the, the jokes were really funny. It was well written. So yeah. And, and especially like, you know what, this episode actually maybe wasn't as good as the other ones. But I mean, this being the first episode, there are a lot of shows where the first one's kind of a little bit more dull because they're trying to find their their footing, basically. But um, but I think this was still a pretty good episode, actually. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's actually good that they didn't go for an origin story explanation right off the bat just to give you kind of a preview of what the show was going to be. So. I am assuming that they did somewhere down the line have a prequel episode. I mean, I, it would be weird if they didn't, but I, I can't confirm that 100%, but I'm almost sure that they did at one point. So, but with this, so it's it's Alex, Clover, and Sam, and I'm going to try to remember their, I remember them by hair color. Clover right. is the blonde with right. wearing red. Uh-huh. Uh, Alex is the one in yellow, and she is... Is she African-American, or is she, like, Hispanic? I know she um, has darker skin. It's not, like... I honestly don't know, but, yeah, they they made it so she could be any one of, like, four races, honestly. Yeah, and race is nothing that's really brought up at all. They, they all coexist, you know, as they should, and so it, it's actually better that... It, they don't express it, but uh, right. that is some diversity there, just on the forefront. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Sam's got like the the brownish reddish kind of hair, and she's like almost, you know, like I I kind of tried to peg one of them as a leader, and it's really hard to. But if I think if one of them is sort of a leader, it's probably Sam. Um, I think so. She's the she's the most intelligent of the three, I would say. Yeah, and I think she's also the one. The, the most level-headed because Clover is constantly chasing after boys. Not really ditzy, but she gets herself into a lot of trouble. Yeah, and Alex even to some extent is boy crazy as well, at least in one of the episodes we saw. And Alex is a lot more timid, whereas Sam's kind of like jump in the mix and, you know, get things done sort of girl. So Yeah, so uh, in this episode we've got... Uh, a Ricky Martin kind of knockoff, Ricky Mathis. <laughs> right, and, exactly. And even though, even though it's not, that again is nothing that's expressed. It's like the, the way his music sounds like instantly reminded me of some Ricky Martin music. So Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, it's it's an obvious kind of nod to that. 
like the episode title says, you know, it kind of implies even that that Clover has a thing for musicians, and uh, she runs across this long-haired blonde dude. I think they're at school at the time because they all go to a Beverly, yeah. uh, Beverly Hills High School, and right. there's this guy playing guitar, Damon, and she is just initially falls head over heels for him. I guess that's something to explain right up front too. Is that the episodes kind of have they're kind of split in two different ways where. You've got the spy portion and you've got the high school portion, the the high school right. girl portion of it. And so this being the the initi the initial time that we see them, like we don't get any of the spy stuff right off the bat. It's this is what's going on. She's falling for this guy. And then we get an introduction of their pretty much their nemesis throughout, which is Mandy, who is this very <laughs> high pitched voice girl nasally voice oh she's so annoying they're sitting on a bench and she's trying to figure out a way clover is to get damon's attention away from mandy you know it's very much like a high school a teen girl kind of cartoon and then it kind of flips the switch on you when the the bench gets kind of pulled in and that's something else that's kind of kind of weird and funny i guess is that no matter where they are jerry finds a way to basically pull them into whatever they're near it's like a a secret passage to the the spy base jerry explains to them that ricky mathis's songs have gotten so popular he's exploded so much that it's almost like unnatural what's happening and he, he there's something going on in the background like there's some sort of mind control potentially going on and he needs them to investigate it and in doing so what they have to do is be the cover band or not the cover band be the opening band before Ricky Mathis goes on stage I knew what kind of show this was going to be when he's giving the briefing and stuff and then all of a sudden you see like little shadow puppets showing up on the screen <laughs> and the camera pans over and Alex is just making shadow puppets the whole time. Yeah. And then immediately is like, oh, and then stops and gets all embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, man, it, it's such a good like way to show you what kind of show this is. Uh, I thought that was a really funny moment. What's interesting about it is that and maybe we'd have to see the intro episode or the uh, the origin episode of, of some sort because I don't get why they're spies or why they keep them as spies. They seem half the time, at least uh, when it comes to Clover specifically, like they seem really incompetent at their job. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, a lot Clover of it, especially. Yeah, a lot of it seems like luck when it does work out, and it, these random gadgets that they get are just. Kind of gadgets that have one purpose and they just happen to work exactly when they need to. Right. Uh, And and the gadgets themselves are kind of jokes a lot because a lot of their gadgets are like very girly associated objects, like a hairdryer that shoots fire (laughs) or like their communication devices are, you know, little pocket um, powder makeup um, things. So And like go-go boots with the, that can stick to walls or something. Right, exactly. Um, so I think in that way, I think that's kind of fun, especially for like, um, you know, any young girls that are watching this, they probably really enjoy that. And I think it's kind of funny. It's a very like tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's the weird kind of spy stuff. Like, uh, I guess it would be... I know it's like British spy kind of stuff where it's like Austin Powers, where the women are always dressed in like uh, skin tight spandex, I guess. Yeah. 
I, I know there's, I'm sure there's an actual word for that or there's something, a typical thing or the a specific thing that it is, but I don't, I'm not familiar enough with it they're like, to know. It's almost like they're all wearing jumpsuits yeah. of some kind. Yeah, colored jumpsuits, um, and they're they're very bright. So stealth is definitely not an option for them. <laughs> right, not at all, not even close. Uh, so in what happens in this one is just to fold it out a little bit more. The tour manager uh, for Ricky Mathis, I keep wanting to call him Ricky Martin. The the tour manager is uh, <laughs> he's the one that we quickly see is up to no good, and Ricky Mathis, even though he is a part of it, is. A, he truly is unwittingly a part of it because he's not, he doesn't know that these songs are being put on these like glowing CDs of some sort that send out some subliminal messages or something that controls his audience. <laughs> right. He, go, exactly. he goes out singing those and we see the crowd just like, you're Ricky and you're our master or you're my master. Uh, so, so we're getting to witness it all. He's, it's going over his head. The girls are kind of seeing it, but at the same time, um, I, th- I think, Clover gets mind controlled by this as well. So she's completely. It's because she's an idiot and like (laughs) she she sees him perform live and she like falls in love with the guy and immediately goes and listens to his CDs knowing that there's something wrong going with them. But she's already obsessed. She listens to it anyway and gets brainwashed with everybody else (laughs) because it's Clover. (laughs) The spies get trapped, or the two spies who are still competent are trapped in a, a glass room, a soundproof booth. And so they, because they're so bad at music, and this was kind of funny, because they're so bad at music, <laughs> and we see earlier a little foreshadowing of this, that when they are playing, it's like shattering glass around them. And so right. to get out of this, they do the same thing. They just play very bad music very loudly and it shatters the glass so that they can escape they're they're going through trying to find the tour manager and you know stop him because it's it's pretty much on the edge of if he succeeds in doing this he's going to be broadcasting it all over the world and control every take control of everyone because we get to see the uh the actual villain come out sebastian who has like a claw hand and stuff, and he looks like he looks like a supervillain. Like he looks like he, one of those yeah. typical supervillains. He's like a crazy James Bond villain reject. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> which I'm sure is what they were going for. It's uh, you know, it's more like if you remember that cartoon called James Bond Junior. Oh yeah. And some of those villains were like in that kind of Bond style but way more over the top oh yeah as far as what they look like this is that guy he he was definitely like would have fit in with those yeah and so he's trying to take over the world through hypnosis sam being the you know the the intelligent the most intelligent one she is actively trying to stop this At, at some point ricky is pulled to the side and stopped from doing the music and so the 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 group the tour manager and sebastian try to start the music without him or do start it without him. And then using a laser hairdryer that she has on hand, (laughs) uh, she reverses the signal. So instead of hitting the satellite, it hits the helicopter that the, that uh, Sebastian and the tour manager are in. What's funny about this is uh, it makes them completely slaves to Ricky Mathis and (laughs) they are, it's basically the, the vicious criminals are, trying to force him to give give them an autograph or something. So it's a fun wrap-up to uh, that episode. 
I think in the end, we're all slaves to Ricky Mathis. Oh, if he was real? Absolutely. Yeah. So the second episode we watched for today's show was I Want My Mummy, season two, episode two. And I think this was... This was chosen by um, Funny Sexy Cosplay. I wish they had a name so we didn't have to say <laughs> that every time. I think her I think her name is Becca. Becca. We'll, we'll assume that I, and I just blame you sure. if it's wrong. Okay. So Becca. Becca's Yeah, if, if it's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> So in this one, the spies travel to Egypt to investigate strange occurrences at a pyramid. They unravel an evil archaeologist plot to resurrect an ancient Egyptian curse that would give the man eternal power as well as the ability to summon mummies as his minions. First of all, the animation, because this is in season two, the animation looks much cleaner and um, some of those voices have changed. And and you can kind of tell because some of the voices are much like more crisper and they just, I don't know, it sounds... The whole show itself seems a lot more refined. This one kind of opens, we we see, well, it's in Egypt. Um, there's a golden scarab that they, that's in a tomb. They open it, and then this one guy disappears. Oh, right. The professor disappears. The professor disappears, yeah. And that's what and starts s- off the, the mystery. Right. And so then the spies are supposed to basically go find out what happened and recover this scarab thing. I'll be honest, this episode had me fooled for a little while and then I felt dumb for being fooled, but then it kind of made me feel better about the show, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it in a second. But uh, Okay. So, uh, yeah, um, we, we come back to the high school portion where they're talking about this most charitable teen contest and how Mandy is the winner because she's donating a golden ring of some sort when right. I think it was Clover who wanted to donate a mood ring. And since right. the golden ring with some kind of diamond in it was it's like more a expensive, ruby. right? A ruby in it was more expensive than she's considered the most charitable teen. So this is the subplot, I guess, to where we know that's going on. And that's a portion of the episode. That's the teen girl portion of the episode what i like about that is when clover gets really angry when she finds out that mandy was gonna win they do the over the top anime kind of reaction where she gets mad and picks up a car and she's gonna like smash mandy with a car <laughs> yeah yeah the, the <laughs> extreme like, stop right yeah <laughs> i love that it was so good it goes over after that to them playing soccer on the field Mandy leaves her, drops her ring on the ground accidentally. Clover picks it up. And before she's able to do anything about that, they're pulled into, and this is part of the Jerry pulling them into the spy base from anywhere. They get the, the equipment shed on the field starts moving closer and closer (laughs) to them. And uh, uh, when he, when they get there, he's like right on schedule, right? You get it right on schedule. And like, yes, we get it. <laughs> Dad jokes. Dad jokes, exactly. <laughs> and he explains that the professor has vanished, or this professor has vanished, and there was an assistant mumbling about a curse. And then we find out here also that Alex still believes in the Easter Bunny. And I, one of the gadgets was, because uh, it's usually like three gadgets every time for every episode, three unique gadgets. And I'm sure they reuse some in certain episodes, but the ones we all saw right. were unique. So this one was Tornado in a Can Hairspray, and then the Turbo Shovel 2.0. I like the Turbo Shovel, honestly. They, they, that one becomes pretty handy a couple times. Uh, surprisingly, yeah. For Clover in particular. They travel to Egypt, and 
this is where Alex, like we we get to meet this assistant, and already this assistant seems like a real shady guy. Like, yeah. if it was a Scooby Doo episode, I'd be like, this is the guy, and that's what I was thinking at first. Was like, is this that, is the guy. Is that because how you just, got fooled? That's how I got fooled because I, I didn't too. know I didn't know that they were going to be clever about it at all. I thought it was going to be very straightforward. Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, this is your guy. Why does everyone trust him? Like, come on, he's clearly the guy." Yeah. So I I've got this. Yeah, I've got this chip on my shoulder the whole time, thinking like, "Come on, just stop, stop, like letting him come with you. He's gonna fool you in the end." And he did, but in a different way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Alex true. falls for him. Oh, and his name is Ian, and we should mention he's dressed like Indiana Jones, like, the whole time. Oh, yeah, true. I think there's a lot of, like, nods to different pop culture things or historical things in this series. There's a lot of Indiana Jones in this episode in particular. Oh, yeah, true. Like a pit of snakes... And then Temple of the Moon, kind of like Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. A lot of references. They need to find the second scarab of Isis. I guess there's three scarabs total that they need to bring together to uh, have immortality. And in trying to find one of them, that's when the professor disappeared or you know, fell into a trap or something. Because it's kind of common knowledge that these Egyptian temples or pyramids are often booby-trapped in some ways. At least, I mean, I say common knowledge, but it's from from the the pop culture stuff that I've seen, like movies and TV, those, I expect pyramids to be booby-trapped. <laughs> booby. Booby. <laughs> in searching for, in searching the tomb for some booby-traps to see where, see if they can find the professor, they find a cufflink with an Oxford seal on it, and that's when they start to suspect... Ian, or at least they ask Ian about it because, you know, he's one of those nicely dressed guys at first, too. I think before right. he gets the Indiana Jones gear, he's wearing like a, a school jacket and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. He's all nice looking. And that's why Alex like falls for him. And I, I kind of remember when he's dressed all nice, he like walks out of the room at some point into like a bunch of light. And it's just there's just kind of this pause and they're like, where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> I think Clover brings out the Turbo Shovel 2.0, just trying to, you know, not really knowing what it does. And I think they even mentioned something about that. Like, you don't even know how it works. And she's she's trying to dig something out or, you know, dig some holes in the temple. And it just goes off on its own. Like, it's an automated shovel and it's going crazy. Like, it just, like, bounces away. And, like, that happens a couple times. But towards the end, that kind of saves them <laughs> which is really funny yeah exactly. that's what i mean like they luck out in a lot of cases like they would have been uh well i'll, I'll get to it yeah um so eventually alex and ian fall through a tunnel and they're they find also some axle grease in a tunnel which is like okay so that's a clue because obviously there was an axle grease in ancient egypt so this is a more modern thing yeah, like these, some of these traps there. Yeah, we eventually find, and this is where I was like, oh, okay, I, well, I guess that makes sense. Now I feel dumb that <laughs> Professor Elliot has staged his own disappearance, wraps everyone up, and I didn't even, like, I didn't suspect it at all for some reason until I see Ian wrapped up as a mummy, too, and I'm like, oh, yeah. duh. And, uh, yeah, so geniusly, he, even fooling us, he <laughs> staged his own disappearance 
because he's going for immortality, which makes sense because he's the older person and he's coming closer to the end of his life. So he's trying to find that immortality and power and uh, actually succeeds at it, at least for the time being. And yeah, he ends up with all the scarab pieces and he puts it in this, I don't know what you would call it. Um, it's like a hieroglyph thing carved into like a statue and um, uh-huh. it activates and starts like it like fills his body full of this power. And so not only does he become immortal, all of a sudden he's like summoning like this giant horde of mummies to come after yeah. them. For as resourceful as these girls are, sometimes they're very like airheaded, uh, just very Beverly Hills girls. Like in right. even though they're secretly spies, like that still carries over into their spy work. Which is a lot of the fun of the show, for sure. Yeah, so it, it kind of blends both of those, I guess, as well as you can, given the circumstances. It's it's still a weird mixture to me. But, I mean, it worked for what it was. Um, so they, they gotta battle some mummies. Which is always fun. Well, maybe not. Mummies are just zombies with tape. At least you can get rid of them by just unraveling them. Or at that least that's what true. I assume. Yeah, or maybe you could probably let them on fire. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Uh, let me know. Report back. Sure. He's, you know, he's soon going to be invincible. He's got this bubble of power around him while they're fighting mummies. The only way to stop this is for them to detach the three scarabs from one another because they've all formed sort of a triangle in a very Triforce-like manner Mm -hmm. and trying to pull them apart, you know, just unsuccessfully. Like, they pull them off the wall, but they're still all together, so it's not working. It's not, you know, it's, it's not releasing the power from him. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Turbo Shovel 2.0 appears and <laughs> and ends up being the hero of the episode right. because it uh it basically homes right to the and maybe this was the intention all the time I don't know but it comes right to the uh, scarabs and just busts them apart yeah so the guy loses all of his magic and then they made a giant like almost like a giant rubber bandish kind of ball out of the mummies <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I thought was great. Is it right here that we find out that the ring, uh, Mandy's ruby ring, was also fake? Yeah. That's kind of a good way to tie in the teenage high school part of it with this one and bring it kind of as a wraparound to where Mandy doesn't end up winning the uh, Most Charitable Teen Award because of her fake ring. And it's instant, too. It's not even like a... Like, they don't question it. They're just like, well, Mandy doesn't win, so Arnold wins with his fungus. Yeah, he he donated his exotic fungus collection. Right. (laughs) So Clover ended up not even winning anyway. (laughs) And the girls succeed at solving this mystery. And I I don't know if Ian ever comes back into play. So he and Alex never get anything. So I don't know. It seems like, I know, it seems like there's a lot of that going on in this show where the girls will fall for someone and then next episode they're just gone. So. I mean, if you think about it, that's very James Bond. That's true. It's it's the spy life, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Life of a spy makes sense. Love them and leave them. <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> Is that what you always say? <laughs> no, <laughs> my girlfriend would punch me. Typical Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so the third and final episode we watched for today's show was Totally Donezo Part Two, and uh, this is season five, episode twenty-six. This was the highest-rated episode. With the help of a special device, the spy manages to destroy the evil of the world. However, it will not work with robots. That's a poorly written (laughs) description. That sounds terrible. 
And I'm not even sure that describes it very well. I don't know. Well, we'll explain it better. Yeah. So it was the highest rated. And this was the second part of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did th- not watch the first part. Did you? I didn't, but they kind of summed it up a little bit at the beginning where it looks like that something has happened and Whoop was shutting down. Whoop! The girls were retiring from Spy Life and Jerry himself um, retired. Well, because he sold the uh, company. But then something happened and he disappeared. And then the girls are like, are worried and trying to find him. And all of a sudden, like these robots started like taking control of everything because we we see or we hear in this intro part that jerry has spoken with mr x and sold whoop headquarters to that person planning on retiring and the same with the girls like you were saying yeah. and then that's when these robots who were meant to be um you know uh us I guess protection and safety start to go a wall, or not even a wall. They, they, it is apparent that Mister X is up to no good. Also, um, like something the robots did that turned people evil, or like turned good people evil, or something like that. Well, I think that was a Jerry's a device that Jerry had uh, uh, did that. Yeah, or and, it was like a spillover. And so I thought because um, for whatever reason, and it it didn't really get explained in this episode, Mandy is trying to help the girls and is like trying to be nice and keeps referring them to them as her friends and it's weirding them out. So my thought was whatever turned the good people evil maybe had the opposite effect on her (laughs) and turned her good. However... Once things are all said and done, she does not go back to being evil. So I'm not really sure what happened with her. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened with Mandy. I'm pretty sure this was under her own accord that she decided to be nice to them and, I don't know, be heroic or something. Because I I brief, I remember kind of the explanation where they were saying that Mandy decided she wanted to, you know, help us instead of uh, yeah. you know, be against us this whole time, or she had a change of heart or something. So I don't know that it was caused by any device. I at its at its core, though, or at the core of this whole episode, really, is Jerry was making a device to basically expunge evil and from the world. The opposite happened, and uh, that that's kind of the center point of this, and we get to see the repercussions of it. Yeah. And these robots are like these octo right. kind of robots where they have multiple. I mean, they don't have eight arms, but they have like four or five tentacle arms and uh, they, they float overhead and are just kind of they're called collection droids or something. And that's kind of literally what they're doing is just grabbing things to bring to uh, Mr. X or bring back to their headquarters. And um, so basically the girls are trying to find out what happened to Jerry. That's like their primary goal starting out. So they go to. I, I don't know if it was supposed to be his house or if it was like supposed to be a safe house for him because I mean the house doesn't look like something Jerry would live in but they go there to look for him and they find like a big hole in the wall and um, turns out it was one of the robots had abducted him because all of a sudden they're getting attacked by this robot and <laughs> well I thought it was kind of funny it's like it grabs Mandy so Mandy is with them but does not know that they're spies oh, oh yeah she still has no idea yeah, has no idea at all. It snatches Mandy, but the girls just kind of let it take her. Because <laughs> they're by like their philosophy, they're like, oh, it'll lead us back to 
wherever it's taking these people. So they just let it steal Mandy away. And Mandy's like screaming at it and like, you know, not screaming for help. She's yelling at the robot, which is really funny. Um, so they like In her extremely nasally voice. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like trying to follow it back. I can't remember if they lost it and just ended up at this place or if they followed it back, but they end up at Jerry's mother's house. Yeah. They, no, they, they, they're walking around like looking for uh, trying to find Jerry and trying to find Mandy and they did lose it because they're like well it kind of led to this area but we're not sure where and then one of them recognized the house they were like we've been here before like where is this and then they're like oh wait this is Jerry's mom's house and they so or maybe they'd only seen it in pictures or something I can't remember but they so they come in and that's when we well, they go to the basement first, and they find yeah, Jerry. They go to the and basement, Mandy, and a bunch of the other old Whoop operatives and stuff. At this point, I'm I'm kind of on to what's going on, and so the the reveal isn't really a surprise to me. But I guess the the technicalities behind it were kind of still um, not what I expected. Yeah, but same overall, here. Yeah, the. So what happens is, and you probably have guessed it by now if you're listening to this, so since they're at Jerry's mom's house and all the people are tied up at Jerry's mom's house, guess who Mr. X was? It was Jerry's mom. Oh, I was going to say it was Jerry's mom's house. Oh, that makes a (laughs) lot more sense. Yeah. (laughs) Because she starts kind of um, not going crazy, but it's revealed that she's very evil. (laughs) And And um, she, she used to be a spy as well. They show a quick little flashback and... And his mom was kind of a a kick-ass spy back in her day, just like the girls were, except she was probably much better at it than the girls were um, from the looks of things. Yes, she seemed really on point, and and she was working alone, too, so she was obviously much more competent than the three girls trying to work together and still pretty much failing every episode. We get to, we hear Jerry, what's going on with Jerry's mom. We kind of get to hear a reveal from Jerry where he's like, I think that the villain gene from my device had leaked over and uh, is affecting my mom. Right. Like she, she basically caught the villain gene. Yeah. Since that's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Who would have thought? Jerry's device, I believe, gets used again. And it's on a small scale here because there's only so much power left in it. The one that kind of uh, takes away villainous intentions or the villain oh, gene. Oh, right, yeah. And and so it cures his mom back. And so she, being back to normal, she destroys, starts destroying the robots with a frying pan <laughs> that right. are kind of guarding the area. Yeah. Oh, man. And she reveals behind, I think, one of the paintings on her wall that she has some jetpacks that she gives to the girls to start, but they're they're like old school jetpacks. So she's like, no, no, you have to crank start them. So they had to like wind up the <laughs> jetpacks to for them to blast off. They're chasing after the robots and trying to stop them. They're defeating the robots or they're trying to defeat the robots. And one of them takes one of the girls down into the water. They everybody else is like, oh no, like she's gonna drown. She can only breathe for so long. Right. And when she when she comes back up, like she's tied the robot down with an anchor and was victorious. They are able to also use Jerry's device to its fullest by oh no, that's what they do. They plug Jerry's device into one of the one robots of the because the robots yeah. use one of the droids because the droids use nuclear power uh, fusion like fusion core centers, right. and so that is enough power to spread that for that device to basically be powered up and spread 
to the entire world, I guess. So it's taking the villain gene away. And this also gives them a perfect opportunity to retire um, with no... Uh, with no reservations because, you know, basically villainy is gone thanks to Jerry's device. So they kind of have like a, okay, we really can retire now sort of thing that where they tell like Jerry goodbye and stuff when the girls are getting in the car. And it's at this point that Mandy finally figures out that they're spies. And she gets <laughs> yeah. so angry because it also turns out and they reveal that like, they've been erasing Mandy's memory for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Mandy keeps finding out, and then they erase her memory. She gets super angry, but they, like, strap her to a rocket <laughs> and just fire her away. Yeah, I thought that was really weird that they did that, but I guess hopefully they know it's not going to just crash into a into the ground or something no, and kill her. No, Mandy's but who dead. Knows? She's dead. Yeah, probably. She I mean, comes back. You know, I wonder no, if this was know. intended to be the final episode because it seems like it would have been a good send-off. Honestly, yeah. I can't see how they would have continued after this, but they do for another season. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this seems like the end of the series, but there's a whole nother season. So, I don't know. But then at the end, they have um, what they call majorly emotional group hug. Yeah, where they true. all hug, and then the, the girls drive off into the sunset. Like heroes. Yeah, they all hug, they all cry, and then they drive off into the sunset like heroes. So it's a great send-off, and I, I think that would have been perfect way to end it, and I wish it had ended there. I don't know if the sixth season's any good, so maybe it is. Maybe they explain that, but I don't know. just seems like it should have stopped here. I, I can agree with that. Well, Chris, looks like it's about time we squeeze into our tightest spandex whoop uniforms and unravel the mystery of what our inner kids thought of Totally Spies. Okay, so three super hot high school girls are also kicking sexy spy girls. It's like somebody made a cartoon out of all my hopes and dreams. I gave this cartoon four and a half bowls of totally cereal out of five. And now I'm going to try my luck asking Clover on a date since she seems to hook up with everybody. Bye. Even though my older self didn't really express it much, unfortunately, I didn't find much to like about this show. While it was great to see a cartoon led by three female characters, it didn't really seem like it was very empowering to young women at all. While they had their moments of strength, intelligence, and cunning, it seemed like the formulaic episodes were primarily resolved by a combination of Jerry's extremely specific gadgets and a great deal of luck, making the male character the real brains of the operation. It kind of surprised me that this show not only went on for as long as it did, but also that it had a movie and the spin-off series. What the heck? How? What is life? Ugh. I'm gonna have to give this show 2.5 big bowls of, like, you know, whatever cereal out of 5. If superficial boy-crazy teenage spies and Mandy's extremely annoying nasally voice are your thing, then this show may totally be up your alley. Wow. I mean, Little Me's not wrong, but at least this show was, I mean, it like it was... Nah, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> For the first time ever, I rated a show really high, and you rated it really low. <laughs> this was kind of the reverse of Gravedale High. This is the reverse of almost, like, the last several episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. I mean, usually, because usually I find something that I can really, that'll really, really engage me about a show, and I'll really like it for some reason, or I'll find something to like about it. But this one just, I it started to annoy me with the, just the constant, like, uh, high school girl talking like the just that vernacular and then it's like they're unwitting heroes i guess but they don't it doesn't even seem like they know what they're doing half the time like they they're very maybe that's part of the charm of the show i don't know like maybe 
I feel like I'm in the minority though because it seems <laughs> like this was a very popular show, but I just I didn't like it that much. I like I, I dreaded. That's why I didn't watch the first part of the last episode because I didn't want to. Like I was like, <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't handle any more than this. Uh, yeah, you know, I actually really enjoyed this show. Like I felt like it was kind of a mix of like Charlie's Angels and Sailor Moon. Which is probably why I really liked it. I mean, the characters are really quirky. The animation was really good. Um, used a lot of the really cool anime tropes that I love. The big thing for me was just that it was really witty and it was really fast-paced. And it, to me, it felt like the episodes were really short because how fast I felt like it went. <laughs> it probably did the the opposite for you because you're like, ugh. But honestly, yeah. I would consider watching more of this show. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think this this is going to be my first and last time to watch this show with any luck. <laughs> All right. But not that I, I don't want to dissuade anybody from checking it out. Like, check out the first episode. See how you feel about it. If it bothers you, then you're in my boat and stop watching it. If it doesn't, great, continue. There you go. But I just, I, I can't <laughs> reinforce this show but since you like it there's something to like about it and i respect that so like i said don't listen to me check it out for yourself <laughs> it's so funny it's a complete role reversal usually i'm just shitting all over the show <laughs> <laughs> actually I, I i kind of i didn't know what to expect from this either because i was like i feel like i'm rating it pretty low i bet chris since he said he had seen it before i wonder if he really liked it <laughs> right so that's that's interesting Oh, also, before we go, I wanted to mention real quick that, uh, and this actually relates a lot to our show, as far as Nerdist.com is concerned, I saw on there that the Funko Pop figures are bringing back 90s Nicktoons with some some of their new release pops. I don't think, no, I know they're not out yet, and I don't know when they're going to be released exactly, but soon we'll get to see some of the Aril Monsters, Rugrats, uh, Cat Dog, things like that, and I think that's just awesome. I'm excited about the uh, RL monsters specifically. That's really awesome. Yeah, that, it's going to be so cool to see those. Yeah, because you've got Ickis, Crumb, and Oblina. It, I think if I just get those three, I'll be happy. Anything else, you know, I'll check out and I'll see if it's worth it. I also saw Chucky from Rugrats listed, which which was really yeah, cool. Yeah, Ch- Chucky was on there. Tommy's on there. So I'm pretty sure they'll have Angelica and stuff too. Ah, uh, Angelica. I think all that... We have so far information wise that it's coming in 2017, but who knows when. So just keep an eye out. If you see them before we do, please tell me because I want to I want to know and I want them. <laughs> nice. Well, listeners, looks like our milk supply is now run dry. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching Mutant League in honor of the Super Bowl or Sports Bowl or whatever that thing is. The sports thing. Sports ball. Sports yeah. balls. So Mutant League, awesome. I do remember watching that show, so I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, me too. Uh, Before we head out, thanks, Becca, for recommending this show to us. Even though I didn't care for it, Chris loved it, so at least there's that. Thanks, um, possibly, Becca. (laughs) Yeah. Once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. We'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.